Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the 905 podcast. My name is Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And this is our second go-round on uh, <laughs> on this episode. Yeah, We recorded the whole thing and then found that our super wonderful software had uh, thrown two-thirds of it in the garbage. So, um, uh, you know, you'll just have to imagine just uh, what a miraculous episode that was, and this will just be a poor uh, imitation of it's, it. Uh, it's it, uh, it may have been a blessing in disguise because developments of our rant uh, transpired <laughs> as we were... Uh, after we logged off but um this will probably be shorter so <laughs> it's well, it, a good is, thing. it is we um well the, the the topic of our 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 episode was and still is going to be um the covid-19 third wave that we're we're dealing with here in the province and in the 905 um i i'm i'm a little frustrated as i know you are rolling and i'm sure our listeners are with the fact that we're still talking about having to go into a third wave lockdown and the province still seems to act like they have no clue how to, how to fix this. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm flabbergasted that we're still, there's this debate on how to, um, how to curb it. We're, the blame seems to be on the, from the province and from Doug Ford on uh, the federal level, Justin Trudeau saying, Oh, we're not getting enough vaccines. And that's the reason why we're not, we're not safe anymore. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I call. I, I said before. I'll say it again. I, I call malarkey on this. It's it's a, it's an excuse in him for not actually uh, setting up an, an actual plan. Uh, I, I pointed this out. I went. To, if you go to the COVID nineteen tracker ca website, and they it's a non profit website. It keeps track of all the uh, doses being delivered to the province, Canada being delivered to the provinces, and needles getting into arms. Um, look at the uh, the data for Ontario right now we're seeing about two million eight hundred twenty four thousand four hundred and ninety five doses that have been delivered to Ontario according to the website uh, as of today and today's Wednesday um, one million eight hundred seventy six thousand four hundred and thirty three people have received at least one dose of the, of the vaccine which means if you do the math there's nine hundred and forty four thousand sixty two doses sitting on a shelf not not in an arm um you do the you if you go by any city in the 905 uh that's the population of hamilton uh, and burlington and grimsby combined uh in that number you could vaccinate brampton or you could vaccinate mississauga both in peel region which is being hammered hard by the COVID 19 uh pandemic uh that's a city that, that that's a city of vaccine that's sitting on a shelf not going into arms. It's outrageous. Yeah, it, it, it just, even if there was a delay, the delay seems to be over to me. Uh, you know, yes. it's like, call me when you've actually run out. Uh, uh, if, if you want to throw the feds under the bus, run out. Show to me that you can actually get these things into people mm-hmm. faster than the federal government can get them to you. But that's never happened yet. Now, sure, they were keeping a few back in the first uh, shortfall. They're not keeping 900,000 back as, as for some kind of contingency. You know, 900 is just that they're not getting them out fast enough. Uh, you know, we've been discussing, you know, people are showing pictures uh, online of, of the fact that, you know, the... Um, 
the Metro Convention Center in Toronto. You know, people are going there in the afternoon, and no one's no one's even turned up to have the vaccine. And I say this right now: no one better be blaming people for not turning up. There's no excuse for a government having a program that people do not uh, uh, maximize the time allocation. Everybody knows that, particularly if you're dealing with seniors, they like to get things done early in the morning. Uh, so you will have, if you're just letting people turn up at random, a rush in the morning and a slow period in the afternoon. This is, and and I'm kind of stealing what you said in the first version of, uh, of the podcast, so apologies for that, but it was a good point, so I'm going to pretend it's my idea. Uh, Go for it. <laughs> this should not, you can't do things like this randomly. Uh, it should be done by you suggested by, you know, go by postcode. So you pick an area, mm-hmm. uh, Brampton, a certain part of Brampton that we know is being hit hard, say a certain part of Milton that we know is being hit very hard. You get, you prioritize those, you vaccinate them. We've had long-term care. Yeah, seniors are, uh, are more at risk. So we need to be prioritizing some seniors, but do we need to be prioritizing a senior in, I don't know. Um, St. Thomas, Ontario. Yeah. Small town, you know, like that's the, that's the thing is they, it's a, they're thinking like a politician, right? Oh, I'm going to win the senior vote. We're going to get you vaccinated and you're going to go and vote for me. Um, the, the pandemic doesn't work that way. I, the number of times you see, on, you see doctors, epidemiologists, the scientists saying, you got to go where the, vex, where the virus is. We know where it is because we're seeing case numbers uh, shoot up in various neighborhoods. Conveniently enough, um, new Canadian and low-income neighborhoods are being hit especially hard uh, by this pandemic. Racialized communities are being hit especially hard by this uh, pandemic. Yet we're not. There's no rush to go in there and get needles and arms to get the vaccine to them. Uh, instead, it said it's. I don't want to upset Grandpa Joe and Auntie May. So let's just uh, let's do that and leave it to them to figure out this convoluted online booking system. Um, and that, you know, if that was a priority, if you want to do that, you could have gone with your to your family health unit and say, like, I, "I was telling you this uh, in between recordings. Why on earth wouldn't they have gone to the Ministry of Health?" Said at some point to every doctor in this province, "You know who's your top." priority patient who's the patient most at risk of contracting this disease of dying from it put together a list at some point we're going to come knocking on your door when the vaccines arrive we need it ready because we need to move fast and if you're doing this postal code by postal code region uh region rollout when you get to a certain region's public health unit you can tell them okay go talk to all the 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 family health units in your region all of them to that list that we were waiting for, get it going, give it to us. And we're going to send the, the doses to you and you can call them into your office and you can get the, the needle in the arm for the, the most vulnerable. The rest of you, you get a letter in the mail saying, you know, Roland Tanner, 3 a.m. You're going down to the, the Burlington uh, uh, Central Arena. And you're going in and you get your, your arm jabbed. That, that's it. Or, you know, in that Joel McLeod, 5 p.m. Saturday night, you're going down to get your, your needle. That's how you get these needles in your arm quickly. And you're right. If we ran out then, then it's like, Justin, get off your butt and get some, uh, 
you know, get, get the, the vaccines in here. But I mean, nine, like, that's, that's a city. We have a city's worth of vaccines sitting on a shelf somewhere in this province. And just, and Doug Ford more, is more concerned with blaming Justin Trudeau than getting those needles into our arms. It, yeah, absolutely. Passing the buck, not taking responsibility uh, for their own woeful failures. Uh, the, there was one period in this whole experience where the province didn't completely fail. And that was in the early weeks um, when uh, we were, we were, well, a lot of people would say, oh, Doug's done really well. Now, I tended to think that was kind of our expectations of, of his ability in a crisis were so mm-hmm. incredibly low that we were pleasantly surprised when he managed to walk and chew at the same time. Um, however, since the summer, since about June last year, they have done everything wrong as far as I can mm-hmm. see. Now, the people of this province, the, the, the healthcare staff, the teachers, the frontline workers, the people who work in our, in our uh, supermarkets, the people who are trucking food around, have done extraordinary things, it seems to me, and, and deserve so much praise. Uh, the people who have failed us in this whole thing have been the provincial governments and too often the municipal governments. Um, I'm not saying the federal government has been perfect, um, I, I, but I, I can't, you know, call me biased if you want. I cannot see the way in which things would have played out significantly differently um, under any other government. Um, in fact, mm. it could have played out a great deal worse under a more parsimonious government. Um, so that's, my take call me biased if you want to i don't care it seems to me that almost every provincial government certainly every provincial government from quebec west has failed miserably um in this thing um well, I, I mean on, on that note i mean one of the good things about our our previous recording uh getting scrubbed <laughs> by our, our software was um as soon as we, we finished the episode we got a, an alert from global news that uh, the Ontario government is moving to activate a four-week province-wide COVID-19 emergency break, uh, which indicates that um, for us, it's the future. For you, it will be present day or possibly the past. Uh, but it looks like the provincial government is in Ontario is going to pause uh, or we're going into some kind of a lockdown situation. Um, it will be announced uh, on, th- on Thursday. What it will look like is to be determined because, uh, of course, we all have to sit on suspense because it's, you know, like it's ratings week. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm, going through, I'm going through the the, uh, the the article here, and there are a couple of things that struck out to me as just r- ridiculous. Um, the mo- This is uh, by Travis uh, Donage and Nick Westall are the, uh, are the, are the journalists responsible for this show, for this uh, article. It says here, um, the move came after an hours-long meeting of the Ontario Cabinet on Wednesday. Several healthcare professionals in the province have pleaded to gov- for government intervention in recent weeks. Um, like, this is the third way. This isn't the first time. This isn't, um, you know, we're not, we're not, this isn't new to us. Um, when healthcare official professionals come to you, and say the data tells us we're in deep trouble. We need to stop this now. And you need an hours long 
cabinet meeting. What, what are you talking about? Like, do, do you still need to convince yourselves that this is a crisis, that this is a, that this needs to be acted on? Yeah, and um, if you're following the science, like you say, you're, you always sure, say, oh, you're okay. The science. Sure. We'll do it. But they're, they're clearly not. Um, it, it is, it is, res- it, 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 it's amazing. The next paragraph goes on to here say many of the logistical details were still being sorted out Wednesday evening. Uh, however, government and political party sources said the emergency measure would take effect sometime during the Easter weekend. Um, the first part, the logistical details. This is the third wave. <laughs> this is the third lockdown. This isn't like this. This should be a matter of just taking the plan off the shelf dusting it off and saying okay activate it you should know what to do by now yeah. to say oh we need to figure out the details are you kidding like what details there shouldn't be no details it should be routine for you by the third time um and, and uh, sorry i was just gonna say that go that- ahead I'm, I'm i'm furious by the by that notion yeah no you're absolutely right i mean this is this is Abject failure, abject failure by the province to treat this thing seriously. And now we're dealing with variants which are more infectious, more dangerous, and which are putting more people into ICU. So right now we have about half the number of infections that we had at Christmas, but we are higher. We've broken the record for any point in this thing for the number of people in ICU. So I suspect that's what's brought this on as they've seen the ICU numbers and they've you know, collectively shat their pants. Um, well, the, part, part, of the pro, part of that issue is the dynamic of this has changed. The, the variants have changed the, the playbook. Um, you know, the, the number of times that you hear, uh, going back to our, our, our notion of, oh, you have to go with the diseases. Uh, I, I remember a, a press conference this weekend, or sorry, this week, Cynthia Mulligan was asking about the fact that the variants are targeting Basically, you and I, Roland, are, are this demographic from like 25 to the age 50, uh, age 55, seem to be the, like really susceptible to the variants that are out there. And yet, this government isn't changing their plan of attack. They're, they're, not, they're still focused on this, oh, we have to get the, the old people vaccinated first, and then eventually we'll get on. Like, I kind of, under that plan, I get I'm the last one to be prioritized. Yeah. However... I- that has changed now because the variants have come into play. This government does not like if you're listening to the scientists and the scientists were saying as far back as early February, the, when the new variants started to appear on the scene, said they're very contagious. They're very, they, they seem to be very deadly and they're game changers. We need to address it. Then this government constantly says like, well, we never saw this coming. It, it's, it's, we're 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 changing the 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 game plan. No, man, you've had two months now to figure this out. You- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and in fact, six months, almost six months, I guess, since these variants first came on the scene at all in in the UK. Uh, this is always what the nightmare scenario was for 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 COVID. That by not treating it seriously at the outset you get a, a worse second go-round mm-hmm. um, um, that, you know, like the 1918 flu, it, 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 um, the 1918 flu affected the healthiest 
the worst. And, and you know, there's now a theory that that was partly because of the way, because the, the world was then a, a, in in a war, that that was the most advantageous way for a virus to spread in a in a time of of uh, conflict was to go after the young, healthy people who are moving around, who are going from the front to hospitals to that. You know, if we if by by letting this thing, but not treating it with sufficient seriousness as has been done in other countries around the world, uh, we would let this thing change and evolve and find more effective ways of, of killing us, of spreading and killing us. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of terrifying side of this and so unnecessary, so unnecessary. Um, well, the, the fact that, I mean, there are people still who still don't, get it out there. And I think part of that is because this government has come, whenever it comes to communications, we've talked about it many, many times on this podcast, the communication surrounding this has been abject failure. Um, there are people who are still flabbergasted to the idea that um, you're not allowed to get together with, you know, your sister-in-law, you know, sister-in-law for a, a, a meal at a local restaurant. You're, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're, when you go out to a restaurant, it's supposed to be with people in your house or in your social bubble. If you remember those, not, you know, that, back in the day, the social bubble was your 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 network. But that was it. Like that, it was your basically just whoever was in your house. That's where you go for dinner with. People still are learning that this government has not done the job to make sure that we're all educated on how to act. It's Every time people have more clarity, it's just abject confusion. You know, why why do small businesses have to shut down yet I can go walking through Walmart to buy new tires? This is something that, like people are trying to grasp like, what's the logic behind it? And you can't, because there is no logic. It's it benefits Walmart. And you get people gray areas, <laughs> quite literally gray areas. Huh, I hadn't thought of that. This is one big gray area. Um <laughs> uh, when you give people ambiguity, they will do what happens with ambiguity, which is make a big freaking mess of it um, through, through no fault of the general public's. When the general public have been given unambiguous instructions, they have come through 100%. Like, stay at home. We, you know, Every time there's been a lockdown, the lockdowns have worked. The numbers have come down quickly. It's worked because there's no ambiguity with a lockdown. Right. It's like stay the hell home, keep your kids at home. Now, I'm not saying we should have been in locked in full lockdown for a full year. The thing is, we wouldn't have needed to be if this had been done right. You know, if, if when we came out of the first lockdown, we hadn't balled it up. Um, if we had got control of things sooner, rather than waiting till bloody Boxing Day. To 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 make any serious uh, um, yeah. uh, changes, uh, and now we're dealing with a situation where we've got more people in ICU than ever before. Just the time when we're supposed to be getting out of this thing permanently. Well, we were we we're told back in March, uh, as a parent, you know, the first, after the first the second wave, we were told well, we have to postpone March break because that's going to help us control our numbers and get this thing under control. Yeah. And so that we wouldn't be where we are today, where we're facing a third wave, a third lockdown. And I'm like, what, what, the, what the heck was the sacrifice of March break that we're right where we were supposed to not be? 
Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah. honestly, I just don't believe, I don't believe that, I simply don't believe it's not being spread through schools. I simply do not believe it. Oh, it's, um, a, it's in the school system. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's just a damn lie that, you know, basically, let's keep the schools open to stop people going on trips. Why, how about you just say, don't go on bloody trips? I know it's hard for the freaking Minister of Finance to understand, but I understand that. <laughs> um, you know, you didn't need to keep the schools open. You've put, the numbers are probably higher now because the schools were open. You could have let the teachers have a bloody break, let the kids have a bloody break, and saved we us know, a whole load of shit. We, uh, know, we know that it's a mix of close proximity and social circ- social circumstances. Schools are part of that. The, we know, um, we know, we know from the testing that's been out there that kids contract it either from their parents or through other kids in school. Uh, they take it home with them to close knit family units, pass it on to the parents. The parents take it to their place of work, and usually this again, this is low income uh, individuals who need to work precarious work who need to work they can't take time off they can't take paid sick leave so they go into their tight-knit headquartered amazon warehouse facilities and they pass it on to their co-workers and the co-worker then in turn takes it home and passes it on to their kid and the kid passes it on to other some other uh classmate in their school that's how it's been passing this whole time the idea that schools are somehow magically safe it's not there but we could have made them a lot safer. But again, we chose not to back in yeah. September. The ministry chose not to. It. it I hope. You know, it, it's a cliche to say history will prove X, Y, or Z. Uh, I, I, I believe that history should be very unkind to the politicians in this thing, uh, and it's not because I, I, I'm down on politicians generally. Um, politicians have done amazing things. We're kind of seeing with, with Joe Biden right now, I believe. You know, all he said was, we're going to do this by date X. But by God, they did it. And those kind of words, you know, the, we'll fight them on the beaches kind of stuff. Um, uh, it's, 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 it has it's, an effect. It was Joe Biden's moonshot. Yeah. It was John F. Kennedy saying, by the yeah. end of this decade, we're putting a man on the moon. Joe Biden saying, I'm saying, we're going to get vaccines in people's arms. And they, you're right, they are doing. They went from Donald Trump, who completely popped it up, to Joe Biden, who is getting it done. And, and you know, obviously, Joe Biden's not putting the things in anybody's arms, but that kind of, you know, frankly, leadership. Leadership. Yeah, leadership. Oh, what it, it is. does actually work. You know, it, 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 a, a politician can inspire a nation to pull together in ways that it would not have done otherwise. And that has just been completely missing in this pandemic, In certainly at a provincial level. And I'm basically saying that the federal government has been... Federal government... It's not really in Justin Trudeau's nature either. They could have stepped up and probably secured more funding and more more vaccines, but the fact is... I think they could have put a damn sight more pressure on the provinces to get the damn act together. I'm I'm sitting here going, when there's uh, the number of vaccines that could satisfy a city in Ontario or sitting on a shelf and you're sitting there bitching and moaning to the federal government, that's a failure on you. When you run out of vaccines and you don't have, and you have zero to put in arms, then you can go bitch to Justin Trudeau and to the rest of us. And yeah, we'll, we'll go march up to 
Rito Cottage in demand. Get your get your button mo- in motion, Justin. Get vaccines in the country. But right now, it's on Doug Ford and the provincial government. Get the vaccines in our arms and start ma- and start taking this seriously. The third, you know, the third time is not the charm. Apparently, get it right. Well, I think we should uh, call it a, a day there. On our first go round, we, we we talked some about um, Hamilton's urban boundary expansion uh, conversation. I'm sure we'll come back to that in in future weeks. Um, but uh, I, I think for now, uh, that is uh, your nine o five, your Thursday nine o five, short and sweet and uh, an angry sounding, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, we'll see you next uh, week. Joel, do you want to finish off with something? Uh, I'm just going to say th- thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and stew over my uh, COVID-19 anger. <laughs> uh, two old angry men will be back next week. Uh, actually, we're not that old. <laughs> Bye for now. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.